This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And today we're going to be talking about libraries and the importance that libraries can bring um, to your career as an author. But before we get to that, Taylor has some chit-chat. (laughs) <laughs> make it sound so official like that <laughs> well you started the talk and i'm like no 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 don't talk it's got to right. be it's got to be fresh it's got to be fresh so um i had something really fun happen the other day i went i had a book event uh, it was fairly local it was southwest fort worth and organized by a library um and it was i mean as far as events go It was pretty good. I think there were about 200 people in attendance. And unlike some conferences, the bigger ones where, you know, people don't always, (laughs) I'm raising my hand here, I'm people, me, I'm people, Um, (laughs) don't always go to all the panels or whatever. Those who attended this little local word fest were there specifically to hear the author speak. So it's like everybody who was there was in attendance type thing. And I had person after person come up to me that I've never met before saying, oh my God, I love your podcast. I love you. You and Steve are just so good together. And I love listening to it. And um, I learned so much from it. And like, I wasn't soliciting, you know, hey, guys, make me feel good about myself here. They were people were coming up. to I, I didn't wasn't it was just out of the blue. It was quite surprising to me. And and so then at that point, you know, sometimes I'm really not good at promoting myself, my books, the podcast, because I just I forget, you know, I'm, I'm all adrenalized and hyped up. And I was there to talk about you know, a lot of stuff we talk about here, the industry and and whatever, and answer questions. And I have to keep reminding people, oh, by the way, you know what, we had an hour here to to get your questions answered. And I've got like 500 hours of material (laughs) online, if you listen to podcasts and stuff. And then people will be like, oh my God, yes, you have to listen to her podcast. It's great. So I just thought that you, Steve, would like to hear that, that sometimes we don't always know how far the reach is or who's listening because we don't really hear from listeners that often i mean we do but we do hear from listeners but not it's not like everybody who's listening is contacting us to tell us how much they enjoy the show that is really cool and i am i am glad you shared that i know i've talked about before what happens when i go to book conferences from having done this podcast and others and you're right it's like uh, when you do podcasts, you very rarely hear from people, but when you go out where people who are listening to the podcast congregate, it's astonishing the number of people that want to come up and talk to you because they've heard the podcast. And it's, it's I don't know, it just makes you feel great when you hear that because there's so much work that goes into 
into doing these these shows or any podcast and to know that people are listening because we're so used to the instant feedback of social media where you post something and you either get likes or comments or you don't. And in the podcast world, it's completely different. It's, you know, you put the podcast up, every three episodes you get a comment, every so often you get an email, but you go out and you talk to people who start talking about very specific episodes of the podcast. Right, And it's it's really cool. And it's just, it just, it really amps up your enthusiasm when you hear things like that. Okay, so as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about libraries this week, and it was very timely that you were talking about an event that was at a library, but we're talking about how libraries can help uh, an author's career in ways other than just introducing them to readers through events where you're at the library. It's interesting. Steve, Steve's the one who picked this topic, but just, I think it was two days ago, I was having a conversation with somebody about this very subject. And when I first started in this industry, it was right before ebooks took off. So with the informationist at that time, the publisher had never seen ebook sales like that with any of their titles ever. I should say the imprint that I was with. I'm sure they've seen far better since then. But that's where I hit in this industry, right? Right when this whole shift was starting to take place, hadn't even fully hit yet. And there were very few authors who were self-publishing at that time. And that's when the very first vocal voices of traditionally published authors who had gone to self-publishing were like ruffling all the feathers. And at that time in the industry, there were a lot of complaints, uh, mumblings, grumblings under the, under the table, I guess you could say, from traditionally published authors about libraries. And I never really understood it at that point. I mean, yes, I did from the perspective of people who would say, oh, my God, I love your book so much. I can't wait till it comes out in the library. And I'd be like, I, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> But at the same time, I understood that libraries bought books. And in at the time when hardback sales were, um, you know, it's always tough when you've got a book in hardback. I mean, it's an expensive book. That's an investment for somebody to go buy a hardback at full price. And so a lot of people at that time would wait till the trade paperbacks came out or whatever. But libraries buy hardback books. And as an author, your um, royalties on hardbacks are higher, especially once they start going above, like it's tiered. For this first many thousand, your royalty is this. For the next many thousand. It's this. So I understood at that point that libraries bought a lot of hardback books and those were guaranteed sales. Like if there are X number of libraries in the country and their patrons are asking for your books, well, the libraries are going to order them. That's guaranteed sales. It doesn't show up on any of the New York Times accounting. It doesn't count for all of that. But as an author who's trying to make a living, that's money in your pocket. Why are you dissing that? 
You know, I, I never really understood that. So from the very beginning of my writing career, I've always been very, very pro-library. I've done everything I can to support librarians. Um, you know, I, I love it when librarians contact me either with questions about my books or, you know, uh, to sometimes I will Skype in for author events that they're putting together with their patrons. I, there's only so much I can do, but I truly appreciate the value that they offer to me and my career as an author and always have. And it um, really, I guess you could say, paid off in the long run because as the industry started changing and b borders closed, I, I, I did one of my very first signings at Borders. Like that's how far back and right when I entered the industry, Borders closed in time for the second book. Like that's what we're working with here in, in a timeline. Then, uh, so the indie bookstores were really struggling and, and the um, Barnes and Noble kind of went from being this massive juggernaut to part toy store um, and, and everything shifted, but libraries were still carrying my books because from the very beginning, it started that way and I supported them and, and, you know, did whatever I could. And I can only take very, very small credit for that because there's only so many, so much contact I can have. And there are thousands and thousands of libraries, but for some reason, me and libraries, we just click. And so as the industry kept changing and there was less and less shelf space and, uh, authors were, were struggling and struggling to be able to even have readers discover their books, my books we're still in libraries. And there have been so many readers who've come to me and found me because of librarians, because of my books being uh, comparatively referenced. Like, if you like this, then you would like this, or being displayed in collections or whatever. And I am just so grateful because at this point in my career, if I had to choose between doing something that would get my books in libraries or doing something that would get my book in bookstores, like physical shelf space in bookstores, I'll take the libraries hands down every single time hmm. because libraries are the last great shelf displays in the country. Like shelf space is always what people are fighting for to have their books displayed for, for readers to find them. And there's just, there's no big shelf space left except for the very few big Barnes and Nobles that are left, but libraries. Libraries are the shelf, they're the showrooms, they're the shelf space. And sometimes, you know, if people like your books enough and the library doesn't have them or it's going to take too long, they'll just go and buy them. But mostly they'll just ask the library to buy them. And that is amazing because that gets more of my books in circulation. And so in that sense, I'm a little bit ahead of the game in, in where other authors are finally getting hit with this struggle of, of d discoverability, even when everything else goes wrong, which it often does, my books are still in libraries. So libraries are very important to authors now in ways that they authors used to belittle. Like you don't hear anymore, at least I don't, of authors complaining about libraries the way that they once did. Now everybody's trying to get their books in libraries. So that's a little preface to whatever else comes out of this topic that Steve <laughs> has brought up. That's a good that's a good preface. And I, I have to ask you, what role do you think your newsletter has played 
in your relationship with libraries? I honestly don't know. I know that there are librarians on my newsletter, and I know that I've reached out specifically to librarians to ask for help with some issues or to answer questions. Most people don't realize that, comparatively speaking, my newsletter is qu uh, list is quite small. I've never been one of those people to just here's a freebie, join my list. I've never, I've actually gone the opposite direction and and deliberately kept it small because I put a lot of really personal stuff out there, and I've always seen my readers, my subscribers as friends and confidants, and it just feels more personal when it's when those who are on the list are there because they really are interested in me and not just because there's something free around. So because the list is as small as it is, it's in the single digits of thousands. Um, I can't, I, I, I have no way of gauging how much, but I do know that those who stick with the list do tend to see value in what I'm writing and see me as more than just someone who's cluttering their inbox. So for those librarians that are there on that list, I'm sure it's much the same. That's an interesting, and, and without getting too far into the weeds here, um, there are a lot of people, Taylor mentioned this, where you give away books, and I, you've, you guys have all seen this, where um, you go to somebody's website and you sign up and you get a free book or a free, you know, first book in different series for free. And those people tend to have, the people that do that, and they're, they're following an approach taught by a very high-profile indie author, and it's a great way of building a massive email list. But what most people don't understand is that the open rates on those massive email lists are so minuscule that someone with a much smaller list that is actually communicating with a list filled with friends has a much, a much more valuable list in terms of, of being able to get the word out about, uh, about a book. I, I know in the past when you've mentioned libraries or having a question about libraries, you'll send something out to your list. And I've, I've seen it where if you're a librarian, please let me know. I, I've got these questions. And then you get the answers. That's, I do. That you've built a relationship with, with not only your email list readers, but the librarians on that list. And that and has so to be valuable. And they're booksellers too. And I mean, it, I don't, I know sometimes people see it as a, I don't know, a marketing tool or a money-making tool. And it is a marketing tool, I mean, in the sense that it allows me to, um, you know, let people know that when I have a book coming out and stuff. But I've never really seen it as a commodity. I've seen it as these are people who care about me, and so I therefore care about them in, in return type thing. And I don't want to waste their time, and I try to make sure I provide something of value. But as of to the subject of libraries, Steve, where do we go with that next? If you're talking to authors who want to be traditionally published, how would you advise them to be more successful at getting their books into libraries? So for traditionally published authors, I mean, it's really, it, it, it's a fight, I suppose. Like, knowing that libraries have been so good to me this time around. I went and I specifically had a meeting with um, my marketing publicity team in New York for Liar's Paradox. And I specifically told them, I want 
to see like what do we what can I do to help facilitate that you guys are reaching out to contacting libraries and letting them know that this new book is coming out. I explained the whole thing about libraries have been very good to me. I want to make sure that they're not being left out in this. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we have a team that's devoted to reaching out to libraries, but we actually just outsource that to another one of the publishers, one of the bigger, biggest of the big five. And I already knew from experience, from having worked with that previous library team, um, exactly how it all worked. And it was a little bit disheartening for me because I knew that my book would just be one of, you know, several dozen that they would be going and visiting libraries and saying, these are the books that are coming out in the catalog over these next coming, you know, months or whatever. And there wouldn't be any real personal connection or, you know, if you're interested in having her speak or, you know, Skype in or, you know, put together book club questions, reading club questions. There was none of that. So there was real no personal thing. So for me, even being as aware as I was, the best that I could do was just make sure that my publicity team knew that this meant something to me and I really want did not want to have this ball dropped. I don't know how it is in other imprints or publishing houses, if they have a team even devoted to that, if they're outsourcing or what their policies are. Um, if I was magic, if I had more time, like my mental bandwidth is so stretched thin, I absolutely cannot take on anything more. And I'm trying to divest myself of things and responsibilities because I'm so overwhelmed that I'm doing everything badly. But if I had more time, I personally would make an effort to compile a list of libraries within a 300 mile radius of me, that's driving distance, and I would personally reach out to every single, um, I'd figure out who was the the in publishing the term would be the acquiring editor, but in in libraries they have someone who is responsible for reading through the catalogs and making their list of what books they want to buy for the library in the in the coming ordering period. And I would try and find out who those people were, and I would personally reach out to them to let them know that I was available if they had any questions or if there's anything I could do to support them, knowing that 99.9% of of that effort would be um, not pointless or wasted, but unneeded. Because the point is not that I want them to quote unquote do something. It's that I'm reminding them that I exist and letting them know that I'm an actual human being and that I'm nice, <laughs> you know? And niceness goes a long way in this world. It really does. And especially with so much... Um, vitriol and and just you know librarians get beat to death by their patrons not literally but just you know some sometimes the librarians jobs are really hard pay people have unrealistic expectations and just to have a friendly voice say hey i appreciate what you're doing and i appreciate that you carry my books and thank you for recommending my books to your patrons that means something and very few authors do it and if i had the time and the mental bandwidth that would be my 100% like maybe 80% of my priority come book promotion time is reaching out to those people whose hands will touch my books mm. and who will be responsible for getting it in front of readers. 
Okay, so that's for traditionally published authors. For indie authors, it is possible to go to your local library and offer them your books, and it people have success that way. That's not really a scalable model, but you you can go to the local libraries, sell them copies, give them copies, whatever, and they will, in some instances, make those available to patrons. Um, but for the most part, the only way to get your books into libraries is through distribution. And the if distribution you, channels. The distribution like, channels, yeah. yes. So, uh, you know, Taylor's publisher uses a distribution channel to, to distribute the books. And there are options for indie authors. So if like, you can't use KDP Print, for example, um, which is Amazon's uh print-on-demand service, and expect the libraries to, to buy those books. They just, it's very unlikely that they're going to do it. But you can self-publish print books through Ingram Spark. It's very similar to KDP Print. It's still print-on-demand, but those books will go into the catalogs from which the libraries can buy. That doesn't mean they're going to, because you, you may still have to do some marketing and some promotion or just have the book be in demand by library patrons, but that's a way to get them out there. It's easy. I, go go so ahead. Can I pause you for a second? Uh-huh. Um, just it's to, to go to the fundamentals, like we were talking about last week. <laughs> um, to... There, you have to understand the way that the, the libraries are actually there to serve their patrons, right? But they are also up against the challenge of if they don't know something exists, then they can't buy it. So just because a book traditionally published or indie published is in the catalog or because it's available on Overdrive or through um, Ingram Spark or whatever, doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be brought into the library. So librarians are looking to provide the most value that they can to their patrons with the limited budget that they have. And so when they are making their orders for books that are coming out, that's what where the traditional publishers tend to offer value. It's unseen value. Like it's not something that you can point to and say, oh, they put an ad over here or they did this, you know, big promotion over here. But they have catalogs. They're getting reviews by the trade magazines like Publishers Weekly or Kirkus or whatever. And librarians will read those. And that's how they become aware of what the quote unquote in demand or big books of the summer are going to be. So when they're making their orders, they they too are limited by, by even being aware of a book's existence. Having it in that distribution center is the first, uh, sorry, distribution channel is the first step, like if it's not even there, then they can't order it even if they want to, which is because it's in the distribution channels doesn't automatically guarantee that it's going to be ordered by a library. Libraries, again, are, are there to serve their patrons. So when they have someone come in and request a title, well, if that book is available in any purchasable manner, then they're going to try and get it get access to it within reason for their patrons. So if we want to tie together the idea of the mailing list and libraries and books being in the distribution channels, one thing you can do as an indie author is first make sure that your book is available through those distribution channels and then let your mailing list know that it's available 
and let people know that while, of course, I would appreciate you purchasing it, even or just as good is if you could go to your library and request that they purchase it and then borrow it through your library. Because especially if your sales are not like massive, for you, a sale is a sale. That one person, instead of buying it directly, now has bought it, has gotten their library to buy it, but that has now put it into the library system. And that person can then go to their friends and recommend that their friends check it out through the library system. And what that does is it gets the book into circulation. So when librarians are looking to see well, what books were heavily circulated and that we should now keep an eye on this author for when another book comes up, well, your book is in that in that list now. Your book has been circulated in the library. They did not waste their money buying it because you and your friends have rented it and read it. And you've now also been able to expose the author that you like to new readers. So you... By having your library request that, by asking your fans, your mailing list, to request that book through their library, you're not losing anything. They now have an opportunity to introduce you to new readers through multiple avenues in ways that maybe readers, their reader friends wouldn't have gone out and purchased the book, but they can now. And so it's so it at least read it like they can they can borrow it. So it serves like a multiple purposes once you can get that book into the distribution channels. Great point. Um, it's also, you mentioned Overdrive. It's, it's, it's not super easy to get your books into Overdrive, but there is an easy way to do it, and that's um, to go through Draft2Digital. Um, they, will, they will offer your books to Overdrive. Uh, I, I believe Kobo will as well, uh, Kogo, the Kobo publishing arm can do the same thing. They make that available to people. But to reiterate what Taylor said, if you're an indie author, you know that publishing your book at Amazon, for example, does not mean that people are going to buy it. There are millions of books for sale at Amazon, and if you don't do something to make people aware of your book, people, individual readers, are not going to buy them. It's, it's that much harder for, for a library. You're trying to get an organization to buy your book. So there, you have to do something to create demand um, if, if you expect the libraries to buy them. But it is possible now and fairly easy to make your books available to the library system. It's also possible to do with um, audiobooks uh, through, through a company called Findaway Voices. They make their audio they make their books available to uh, both Hoopla, which is a library service, and um, Overdrive. So, I mean, that's those are ways of doing it. But the big thing is, is that both Taylor and I, the point we're trying to make is that just getting in the catalog is meaningless if you don't do something else, unless you just want to be able to say, hey, my book is available for libraries to purchase. And if, if so, you can check that box, but it doesn't mean they're going to do it. And yet you have to just get into the catalog to ever, to ever take a second step. So yes. it's, you know, it's one of those things. Yes. So libraries, and another, you were talking about libraries and discoverability. I have been surprised by the number of times I've found books at the library, loved them, and then I'll get all of the books in the series at the library, read them all, and I'll tell people about them. And they'll say, and I'll say, and they're, the whole series is available at the library. And they'll say, well, I don't go to the library. I'll just buy it. 
It's like, okay, somebody's making some money out of this, so that's right? good. And uh, there are a lot of people who just, for whatever reason, and I don't understand it, don't go to libraries. Well, I'm one of them. I mean, aside from the fact that I go to libraries as a writer, I, I don't go to libraries as a reader because I don't have the time to make the trip to the library. <laughs> and I don't have the time to return the books. And and with that, we will wrap up this week's episode of The Taylor Stevens Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back in your ear again next Tuesday. See you guys next week.